Hey up everyone, welcome to Yorkshire Gamers, our Leap Big War Games podcast and this episode 15 of this ongoing series and uh, we're going to have a very different episode uh, today and this is going to be uh, a bit of a chat, a bit of a magazine type episode if you think of it more of a uh, a up love magazine rather than hello you'll be in the right ballpark i've got a couple of guests today uh, sean clark from god's own scale and alex sutherland from uh, storm of steel uh, but more of that later on um first of all we're going to do uh, our usual housekeeping the last episode I did, uh, the one with Robbie Roddis, uh, talking about many things, the Borgias and, and especially Peter Gilder, um, did extremely well and, and there was a, at least a third more downloads than we normally would have um, in the first week uh, and it's still going strong. It's just got onto YouTube today and I don't know what it what it was about that episode but it, it it struck a chord with a lot of people. I don't know whether it was the nostalgia um, about Peter or Robbie, who was at the end of the day, he was a fantastic guest and a, and a great guy to talk to. Full of lots of stories, which is a podcast host is is a bit of a dream, really. So if you're new to Yorkshire Gamers or Eat Big War Games podcast as a result of that uh, interview with Robbie last week, welcome, welcome on board. Um, all the episodes are available to listen to on Podbean and uh, on YouTube at some stage. So welcome on board. Great to have you with us on this journey back into old school big war games. And that leads me neatly on to an email I received um, back in September from a guy called Ty Gock. Uh, and Ty lives out in uh, Australia, um, near Sydney. And um, he's been interested in a thing called... Um, the Big Battle League. Uh, and this was something that apparently occurred in around mid-1970s, 1975, uh, 76, and there was an article in Battle magazine about it. And I know the war game site Vintage Wargaming uh, has got a few articles on there. Uh, and uh, Ty thought it would be a good topic for um, Reap Big War Games podcast, and quite right he was too. Um, but we've, he has been searching for people who were involved for a long time. His cousin uh, Wes um, was involved in this, um, but um, he's not been able to find any of the people who were involved uh, since. So if you do know anything about the Big Battle League, if you were involved, if you were a player, um, have a look at it on a Vintage Wargaming website if you're not aware of it. Uh, and it seemed like it was kind of an international thing with uh, a um, sort of a late post-World War II, early modern um, as it was in those days uh, game and one of them was set up on a I've got it, the figures here on a hall floor 48 by 24 feet um, uh, of battle space uh, 40 players and 4,000 infantry 700 tanks and vehicles 200 aircraft plus landing craft and other assets so um it sounds like a great thing, and if there's anybody out there who remembers that, who'd like to uh, chat about it on here, that sounds fantastic. Get in contact with me uh, via 
a message on the bottom of here wherever you listen to this on Podbean or Apple or, or wherever or on the YouTube or alternatively as with anything any queries can come to me via the yorkshiregamer at gmail.com email box so let's uh, talk about this uh, week's month's episode um as I said earlier on, uh, my guest Sean and Alex, we recorded this on Wednesday night and we actually recorded, would you believe, three hours and 40 minutes of uh, stuff. And um, I'm not going to put all of that on you in one go, um, but neither am I going to cut it and edit it inside out because it was a fantastic chat and it was like three mates sat around a pub table gassing for hours um, with, without the alcohol and um, there's a lot of uh, good fun content in there and uh, I hope people like it, I certainly do um, and we, we had a really good laugh and we talked about loads and loads of different things and it's an idea I had and, and have had floating around for quite some time uh, and it's inspired by by two things, um, and tongue-in-cheek um, by the supergroups that used to form in the 60s and 70s, things like Cream and Bag Company and The Firm and Asia and all those great com- bands who were made up of uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. They'd all come from their own solo background or other groups uh, to form a supergroup. And that was my idea, and I wanted to get some people from outside of the 28 mil um, people uh, to, to do this. And I, and I had in my mind, um, and I've talked about this with Sean and Alex, so they don't mind, um, the famous, famous sketch with John Cleese, Ronnie Barker and Ronnie Corbett, where they have the really tall guy, John Cleese, um, uh, talking uh, as the upper class talking to the Ronnie Barker in the middle and Ronnie Corbett at the end and that I just had this 28, 15, 6 mil thing in my mind uh, so that's where it all came from uh, and uh, I hope you like it it re- worked really well I think um, but the, I've cut it into two halves and this first half, the half that you're going to listen to is equivalent roughly to the first section that we, I would normally do in my podcast um, where I talk to each of the players uh, to each of the people involved and we talk a little bit about them, their gaming. Um, we do the um, the Venn diagram of war gaming, and um, it's good. I, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, just a little bit of a note: there is some swearing in there. It's very, very mild. It's it's nothing X-rated, and there's lots of jokes in there. And at no stage do we mean to offend anyone. Um, but please, if you, you know, if you just happen to be in the car playing it with children. Um, in there with you um, there might be the old swear word in it there's it's not too many but just to make you aware so without further ado let's do the interview hello ladies and gentlemen <laughs> welcome back the last episode we were back to normal with a chat with robbie Roddis about peter gilder and today i'm going to try something different and um, it's going to be very different i'm going to suggest uh, but before i introduce my two guests a word about the episode title bruise in the binyard if you haven't guessed already it's a homage to the view from the veranda podcast that now sadly no longer with us mike hobbs and henry I did many, many years ago. The episodes were famous for being so long that empires rose and fell during the course of the introduction <laughs> alone. 
So let me translate that forward in time to today and a location north of Nottingham. I've changed the words to something that the northern tribes would understand. The only places up here that would know what a veranda was are Harrogate and Elkley, and they're way too posh for this podcast. When I was a student in Leeds, we used to live in some pretty ropey terrace houses down in Burley, and between every four or five houses was a little walled area to store your bins. We turned them into a little open-air common room, spent hours drinking tea in those bin yards discussing politics and music. So replace that vision you have in your head of two cultured gentlemen sipping sherry on the veranda and replace it with some hairy northern folk necking mugs of tea and talking about wargaming. <laughs> so without further ado, I'll introduce my guests. And first, in the green recycling bin corner, we have the award-winning master of the YouTubes, Alex Sutheran of Storm of Steel. He's got the ability to produce video run-throughs of games at an unbelievable rate. With close to 6,000 followers, his channel is the place to go to learn new rules, get latest reviews and tutorials. But more importantly, much more important than that, he lives in God's own county. Welcome to Yorkshire Gamer, Alex. What an introduction. Thank you very much, Ken. <laughs> that was very professional. We, oh, yeah, I, I, used to, I used to have a, we used to have bin yard as well in our uh, student oh, digs. Well, well, the, me, my, our other guest is looking very confused about the bin yard. <laughs> I think, but we'll explain to him as we go along. Uh, what, what was it you, the, that you won, by the way, Alex? Uh, it was the one of the Caesar Awards for the um, yeah. for uh, Little Wars TV. And yeah. it was for uh, one of my painting videos of the 15-minute oh. uh, painting challenge that I did. It was basically I ripped it off from Sydney Roundwood. He said, spend 20 minutes a day painting and you'll get loads done. I put it down to 15 minutes and I won, a, won an award for it. So thanks has for that, Sid, if you're listening. Has he been after, has he been after some brass for it? Is it? Does he want a check? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Now that when this goes out, it probably will do. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, over in the brown garden waste bin corner is the godtone of a very different kind. An Oscar-nominated podcaster, Twitterer, and occasional YouTuber. My guest runs without doubt one of the top podcasts in the hobby, God's Own Scale. He shed much needed light on the lesser scales and introduced us all to some wonderful manufacturers painters, gamers and historians on his show. Is he just small or is he just far away? <laughs> Let's find out. Hello, Sean Clark from God's Own Scale. Yay! Hello. Yay! Hello, Ken. How are you, mate? I tell you what, you were lucky I have a bin yard. You were lucky. You don't oh. have a bin yard. <laughs> we didn't even have bins. <laughs> I didn't even have bins back then. Well, yeah, you, you had to eat, eat your rubbish, didn't you? <laughs> That's right, we did, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm drinking Corporation Pot, mate. And, oh, uh, brilliant. Sparkling? Uh, spark, not even sparkling, mate. Not even no. sparkling. No. Oh. Uh, I was fully expecting you to introduce another member to the podcast when you gave me that introduction, but thank you very oh, much. Oh, <laughs> hey, no worries, mate, no worries. Uh, you, you've both been, I've both very much enjoyed your, your content, uh, so it's great to have you on on my little podcast as well. It's really, really great. What, what were you nominated for, Sean? You were you were up for one in the Caesars as well, weren't you? Uh, the uh, best podcast, I think it was. Um, so very humbled and pleased to have been nominated for that. Obviously, that as you know, Ken, there's lots and lots of great podcasts out there mm. to listen to. I'm an avid podcast consumer, avid con uh, consumer of Alex's content, obviously. But 
uh, the podcasts, yeah, it's uh, it's a great medium that we've got now. Great way of reaching out and producing content for people to enjoy. And I'm I'm a consumer just like everybody else. So uh, I was very humbled to be nominated for that, and I was in good company with the two fat lardies and Henry uh, Henry Hyde of yeah. Games. So uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was a yeah. very good selection. And um, just in case you've arrived here as a as a fan of one of these guys, just um, wanting to listen to them. Uh, or you've got lost looking for a video on feet care for vo- bovine cattle. Um, my name is Ken, <laughs> and uh, I won a school prize for woodwork in 1983. Well done, Ken. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank Brilliant. You. Still the talk of the town, now, aren't you? Ken? <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what I got? Do you know what I got for my woodwork prize? I got There's an English. Di- I got an English dictionary. <laughs> An English, got, dictionary. an English dictionary. An English dictionary. Try and tell you something there about your woodwork, mate. It wasn't even a Yorkshire dictionary, it was a bloody English dictionary. So, uh, no good to you then. The there was useless. all these words. There was all these words in it and, and like vowels and stuff. And I, I, oh, I no. I didn't vowels haven't reached across that side of the Pennines yet, have they? We, we can't afford them, mate. We can't afford them. We, we chase them out with pitchforks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> newfangled ways. <laughs> right, so the, the show the show format's going to be quite flexible, but we are going to do some things it's mostly. Mostly, mostly at the Three request later, we're still here. <laughs> of these guys. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think we've got I think we've got close to two thousand three hundred and twenty seven hours for um, Mike, and, uh, Mike and Henry. So I've got a long I've got to go, I've got to go I've got to go to work tomorrow at seven o'clock. So it'll be like it'll be like an attempt at the record. You know when you, they like run up to the pole vault and they stop halfway. <laughs> That's what we're doing today, and then in the future we might have another go. So, so the first thing we do, first thing we do is the four minute challenge. So rather than going on for bloody hours about your toy soldiers and stuff, <laughs> um, we, I just give people four minutes um, and then we have a bit of countdown music and then a bit of D.I. Regan telling you to shut up. So uh, we'll do it in the order that I introduced you. So uh, Alex, uh, you said you've not prepared anything. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So let's see what you can get in in four minutes, starting from now. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I started wargaming when I was a kid. I was probably about eleven or twelve. Uh, I'm forty-seven, so I'm I'm just of I'm just just a, a young enough to remember the Airfix period, mm. and uh, old enough just to remember when Games Workshop started getting big as well. So when I was getting into wargaming, it was like kind of that crossover period. So my my first wargaming experiences were with some of the plastic 172nd scale figures, mainly Eshi stuff, uh, and it was all historical because it was all uh, Napoleonic wargaming. And then friends of mine got into Warhammer through uh, through Games Workshop, and I kind of drifted into that for a little bit because nobody had played Napoleonics with me, uh, and then kind of really st- stuck with that for a little bit until I kind of drifted back into into historical gaming again mainly uh, Second World War. And I've kind of really been at it, been at that stuff. I, I guess my story is pretty similar to everybody else's. And I don't know how I'm going to fill this up for four minutes, to be perfectly honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> you hear people saying these things, they're always the same. So, yeah, I play with airfix figures, then I play with metal figures, and I just got different scales, and I like different things. <laughs> you, you, can, you, can dip, you can dip out early if you want. You don't get electrocuted if you go off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking forward to that. Um, 
but yeah, so it's, it's kind of, I suppose my story is pretty similar to everybody else's really. It's just that, you know, you, you kind of get into it uh, as a youngster and you kind of stick with it. Uh, my interests, I'd say my interests for wargaming are mainly based around World War II, uh, 20th century, so First World War, Second World War and Napoleonics really, and they always have been. And I very, very rarely go outside of those. I'm, I'm, I know what I like and I stick with what I like. You know what I mean? It's that, that's the that's the way I I see it. Uh, I'm definitely not a war games butterfly. Uh, I'd rather have a lot of one thing than lots of different things. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> your your eyes going up there, Sean. <laughs> but, uh, it's too easy, I think. You know, to run down lots of different rabbit holes. So I don't. And um, yeah, so that's that kind of really my background. Uh, I could probably talk a little bit about the YouTube channel. I don't know if you're going to talk about that later on or not. Yeah, uh, next next up was the YouTube channel to talk right. about. But if okay, you want to well, do a bit now, I'll, that's no worries, mate. Well, no, we'll, we'll talk about that properly uh, rather than rushing it in the next uh, how long I got? About uh, a minute and a half? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. See, I'm stretching this out and I'm not really actually saying anything, am I? This is a really no. good political speech. Nothing I was going to say, <laughs> the, the War Games Party representative for Rotherham <laughs> in the next general election will be. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm going I'm to wrap up there because I don't want to get caught out by the countdown timer. Uh, no yeah, my, my stories are similar as everybody else's, I'm, I'm fairly sure. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for that, Alex. We'll we'll cover lots of other stuff in a in a in a moment, mm. and we've got loads of stuff to cover. Um, but uh, we'll start the timer again, and uh, we'll give Sean a little go. So off you go, mate. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, being a, a, sim- a bit older than you, Alex, I'm uh, I'm 51 now. Um, there is a similarity uh, in the in the upbringing, although. My introduction really into anything sort of hobby wise was Dungeons and Dragons at school. Uh, we were, we were, I'd like to think that we were in the cool kids' corner of the classroom, rolling funny shaped dice and uh, pretending to be dragons, uh, which surprisingly didn't have a great impact on my social life, as you can imagine, as we were cast aside by uh, the girls and, and what have you. But yeah, D&D was probably my first introduction although i do remember the very first no there's two books that were probably very formative in my hobby history one was um called it was a series called know the game which were like a landscape uh little pamphlet really uh on wargaming um and in the at the center of that there's lots of things about banana oil and holding a, a needle in the candle flame and about melting airfix figures, that sort of thing. Um, but at the centre of that, there was a, a battle report uh, for, I think it would have been one of the very early War Games research group ancient sets. Uh, and the, the battle report consisted of about five or six uh, black and white photographs, which weren't very clear at all, and a step-by-step of what was going on in this battle. And I just thought that was absolutely amazing that uh, these guys were playing a game with toy soldiers, which I've got plenty of in a box under my bed of the airfix, etc. Uh, but these were made out of metal. These were these were like some, I don't know, some some weird weird uh, invention that I hadn't been party to. That there was this existed this war games hobby, um, and I can remember being taken to a toy shop in in Stoke on Trent in Burslem in Stoke on Trent, and buying two Greek hoplites. 
and a Roman legionnaire. And that was the start of my War Games hobby. I mean, obviously, it didn't go very far, that, that, <laughs> that game. But I thought they were the most wonderful things to do. A Hinchcliffe in those blue little blue boxes yeah. with a bit of tissue paper in. And the two hoplites had got a spear made out of wire that you had to glue on. <clears throat> and I remember painting the shields of the hoplites with my mum's nail varnish because uh, I didn't <laughs> own any real paint. And, but just thinking these are the most amazing things ever. What am I doing? Oh, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> we're up to about the age of 11, right? <laughs> no, when, but, uh, when Henry does this, you're not even born yet. <laughs> no, that's right, yeah. I was born at a very young age. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but fast forwarding a little bit. So mm-hmm. through school, it, it was role-playing, but then saw an advert for um, my local club's convention uh, in the town hall. Uh, it was called Century at the time. Uh, the show was, and I, I popped along to there. I was probably about 17 or 18. I was just about to go away to university, uh, which wasn't great timing, but I went along and I was just blown away um, by what I saw in there. We got lots of traders, uh, lots of local clubs putting on games. Uh, I know Ken probably wants to talk about big games a bit later on. Am I running out of time? Oh, my God. Yes, thank God. <laughs> You're going to have a DI shouting at me in a minute. It's going to make me feel very, very much at home. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Stoke War Games Club. Uh, fast forward 31 years, and here I am. Brilliant. Oh, we're just getting to that wind-down bit. <laughs> I always thought you put this in in post-production, mate. I didn't realise it was there for real. <laughs> Oh, you, you just had to you just had to do it, didn't you? I could see your eyes starting to glaze over there, Sean, as you were waxing lyrical about your uh, your formative years. <laughs> just urging that that clock on. Yeah. <laughs> well, some some people some people like you, Alex, have done absolutely no preparation whatsoever. Could you tell? <laughs> uh, and they, and they, they'll form into one of two categories they'll either finish really really early or they'll keep going uh, and, uh, and in the last episode Robbie bless him he was one of the funniest guys I've ever spoken to but he didn't hear the music and he just kept going and going and going and I couldn't get, couldn't get a word in edgeways with him bless him I've got to say Ken that was a fantastic episode I absolutely love listening to that Robbie I met Robbie once yeah. in the queue at uh, Vapartnak or Vapnatak or whatever you call it over the air. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> he was a char- He was a lovely guy. He bought a box load of um, very old English Civil War off me. Yeah. Um, and I've followed yeah, him. For- that. Yeah, I've, yeah I followed him for years and years with some of the um, articles he's written in the magazines and his website. So fantastic episode, mate. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, he was he was he was an absolutely lovely guy and a joy to talk to. And he just had so many stories. Um, and I think uh, one day in the future, I might be able to release some of the stuff that I had to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> embargo at the moment. Because, I mean, he, 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 drops, he drops some bombshells about Peter Gilder that I was unaware of, that he'd been arrested and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, there, there's lots more. There was more than that, trust me, but can we, can't, we can't talk about it live on the air. So you're, you're both probably well known or most known for your for for your Alex you for your YouTube and and uh, Sean you for your, your podcast. So it, it's kind of really how did how did that start for you, Alex? How did you end up as a as a YouTube megastar? 
this story gets longer in the telling, I think, sometimes, <laughs> or the retelling. Um, well, I'd, I'd been writing a blog for, for God, 12, 12 plus years, I think, at this point. I must start around 2010. And I I started that blog, that uh, Storm Steel Wargaming blog, which is still running. Uh, but I kind of, I'm not really writing it anymore because I, I, you know, things, these things come and go, don't they? And I just kind of lost interest in it a little bit, really, with the videos coming on. And I, I, I started that blog because previously I've been writing other blogs because I lived in Iceland for a little while. And a friend of mine asked me if I would just write a blog about what I was doing in Iceland. So I did. And it was just about work and general things, you yeah. know. And then I, that ended because I came back from Iceland and I kind of ran out of steam with that. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a wargaming blog because it was around the time that I noticed there was a lot of other wargaming blogs. Mm. I just thought, well, I'll start one. And I did. And like I say, you know, that went on for ages. And I'd, I must have had thousands of posts on that. It was just really an update of the stuff I was doing, you know, um, uh, after action reports, painting, that kind of thing. And then... A few years ago, I, I've worked in field archaeology for 16 years until 2016, until my uh, most recent job. And around 2016, I was so pig sick of it. I was fed up of it. I'd, the last six months of the, the, those uh, that work, I'd, I'd spent literally watching a machine strip topsoil off uh, off an area in Leeds, and there was nothing there. It had all been mined out in the 19th century. So there was literally nothing there. The machine drivers knew how to do the job, so they didn't even be needed to be watched. They could just leave them to it. And I was just trying to think of different ways that I could earn a living. Now, this sounds convoluted so far, but uh, trying to earn a living online, you know, just by selling things or uh, making T-shirts and selling stuff like that. And I kind of drifted into selling Viking things online, but I also stayed in touch with a guy who I was his supervisor uh, one of the excavations Sheffield University did a few years ago. And we kind of stayed in touch via um, Facebook. And he'd started doing YouTube videos. He called himself the three-year millionaire. And uh, <laughs> Sean knows his story because I told him on, the, on your podcast, Sean. And uh, he, uh, needless to say, it's now over five years ago that he started the three-year millionaire. So he's obviously not a millionaire in three years. <laughs> 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 but what he'd done was he'd, he'd, he'd kind of given that up. He'd given a few other channels ago. And then he started doing um, archaeology channel, an archaeology mm. channel. And it's called History of Milo, if anybody wants to check it out. And mm. it's well worth it. And he's now got something like 100,000 subscribers. Wow. Uh, and it's, you know, it's he, he's, he's really good archaeological background because he's, he's, he was a student. So it's all, you know, uh, sourced material. Uh, and he puts all his sources up and things. And he is currently earning a living off uh, off his his YouTube channel. Now, <laughs> wargaming is completely different to archaeology <laughs> in in the level of interest. <laughs> yeah. We're a niche, but uh, just him doing those videos just kind of gave me a little bit of a, an idea. I thought, well, you know, why can't I turn my hand to doing something like that? Uh, so it kind of came off off the back of his, I suppose, his success, but also just you know exploring different ways of of putting my hobby out there from the blog as well. Um, and I started I started the YouTube channel with mainly based around board games rather than historical wargaming, simply because I was playing a lot of board games, and I do anyway, you know. Uh, I play a lot of war games, I play a lot of board games. And I'm, when I say board games, I don't mean wargaming board games. I mean 
you know, like uh, what they call Euro games. Uh, so things like Pandemic, Ticket to Ride, yeah. you know, that'd be some of the bigger ones. And I just thought, you know, there's a lot of people doing this kind of thing. So maybe I can tap into that market as well. And the problem is because there is a lot of people doing that kind of thing, you're a very small fish in a very big <laughs> pond, you know. So people don't really want to see your stuff. And But I was also uploading, you know, wargaming stuff as well, wargaming content. And I noticed that, that stuff was kind of taking off. And, you know, wargaming is my primary hobby. It always has been ever since I've been about 12 or so. And because uh, when I actually started the YouTube channel, I was looking around at wargaming uh, on YouTube. And the, obviously the biggest one was Little Wars TV. There's a few others. When I'm talk, talking historical war games here, I mean, you know, there's quite a lot for uh, 40k and yeah. Warhammer and things. But historical war gaming, there didn't seem to be a great deal. And I was trying to work out the best ways of of presenting historical war gaming on on YouTube, and that's why I went down the the board game route because there's a, a much bigger uh, pond of 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 YouTubers doing board game stuff. So it was easier to, you know, replicate them in a way yeah. until you kind of find your own feet a little bit. And then I realized that the, the, the historical wargaming stuff was getting more interest anyway than the board gaming stuff. So the channel kind of naturally went towards that. And, you know, I said, you know, I was trying to look for, for ways to, to li- make a living offline. I'm, not, I'm definitely not doing that in any way whatsoever <laughs> with the channel, but I'm enjoying doing it. And that's, you know that's that's more more than enough, really, isn't it? To to keep pushing you doing something, and I enjoy doing it, and and uh, it seems to be getting a pretty good response from viewers. You know, people do keep coming back and leaving comments and things. I see the same names coming up all the time, so you know that's great. Well, it's mainly people telling me that I'm I'm getting the rules wrong and stuff. But yeah, that, that does seem to be. <laughs> Every time I see it, it's all he's back. He's told me I've got something wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's always the way. But I think the real boost came really with the uh, with the pandemic lockdown, the first one. Yeah. Uh, simply because a lot of people just turned to to other ways of entertaining themselves, didn't they? You know, and it's. Mm. Uh, if somebody's putting videos out or podcasts in your you guys' cases, yeah. you know people are, are just going to pick up on that and and you know take it more more so than before. So, and also the fact that I started playing a lot more battle reports because I was always struggling how to do battle reports online. Like the Little Wars TV guys, I mean, it's a very professional mm. setup they've got. It's uh, almost like the, a Hollywood film, isn't it? Some of their, yeah, some of yeah, their definitely shows. They could be in a, in, you know, in a documentary series about a battle or something like that. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. So you know, being one person doing this stuff, it's very difficult. Being, you know, when there's a group of you that are all committed to doing it, it's it's quite a lot easier because obviously everyone can hand the camera around. You can do interviews with people and stuff. But it was during the lockdown, and then suddenly. All the war gamers, you know, the, the clubs were closed and things. Mm. And one thing that I've done throughout my war gaming career, when I was a kid, especially, uh, was solo war game. Mm. I didn't do it. I just, I just played it naturally because you know your mates weren't around or whatever. So I just, <laughs> I would just, you know, set up a game and play it. You know what I mean against myself. And uh, so I was kind of, but I'd not done solo war game for a long time. But I realised that all of a sudden, you know, there's all these war gamers stuck at home twiddling their thumbs, desperate yeah, for games. Aching to watch something or be involved. Exactly. So, But what I did, I, I just put a, a video together that was just an introduction to solo wargaming, or at least my ideas on solo wargaming, you know, how I go mm. about it. 
And I thought, and that got quite a good response. And I thought, well, off the back of that, if I'm telling people how to do it, I may as well show people how to do it as well, haven't mm. I? So that's when the kind of the solo battle reports started coming out because I'd done a couple before with mates, but it was always like the camera was just in one fixed mm. spot and there was no talking because when I'm playing with my mates, you know, we talk crap all the time and we'll just... Uh, yeah, just, I was going to say, yeah, there'd be jokes. nothing, you'd have to edit everything out that we yeah. said over this table. Again, unless, <laughs> like, you're, like, like you're the Little Wars guys, when they say, right, tonight we're filming, so, you know, the talk is about the game, whereas... Yeah. I want to be social when I'm playing the games with my mates, and so yeah. I don't want to force them into not talking about, you know, stuff that is is important to us and not to anybody else. You know, we've got loads of in jokes that we, you know, we we know, <laughs> but nobody else does. <laughs> and I know that uh, Travis over at um, Tabletop CP, he's the same. He, you know, he says Friday night is games night when his mates are there, they're filming, and that's it. You know, they mm. they talk about the game when they're filming. Uh, and he, that's the way he goes about his. Whereas, you know, again, I, I've also got one of my mates, he wasn't bothered about appearing on camera and things as well. So, you know, you've got to deal with that kind of stuff. But yeah, then that's, uh, long story short, is kind of that's where the solo battle reports came from, really, just off the back of that. And as it's gone, I've just kind of learned, taught myself how to how to edit them and also just how to how to film them as well is, you know, is the big thing, is a big stumbling thing. Because I know you've mentioned it before, Ken, that you said that the first one that you did, the first After Action Report, it took forever to mm. to edit it. Yeah, I don't want to speak I, for you here. Yeah, it was it was it was just taking me the the whole editing process and then trying to work out what was needing to go in the show and what was needing to, um, you know, be cut out uh, mm. and to cut <clears throat> even even just gaming myself it, you know it, it, there was four or five hours of stuff there and then to get that down into a manageable i mean i i probably only got it down to like an hour and 40 or something like that and it was just way too long and i've not done another, another one since um i probably not i, I had so little time with to, to sort videos and stuff out yeah. um that i've not got round to it again but you you seem to knock them out just at an unbelievable pace. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's technique. Honestly, that's all it is. Yeah. Technique. I I I'll set up my shot. I know what I want to uh, what I want to do. You know, I'll I'll talk over the thing, and then I'll I'll make it so that when I come to edit it, mm. um, it's like you know if I if I if I make a mess of something, I'll just stop talking for a couple of seconds, so I know that when I come to edit it, I know where the, yeah. the blank places are. I just cut those out. You know, so and, and a lot of my videos, uh, I've spoken to the guys at Little Wars about this, and they, they, they're more of the opinion that they they like the the story of the battle, mm. whereas I kind of like to show the all, all of the game. So mine are you know full games basically. Theirs are edited versions of the games, mm. and you know they're both. I, you know, I think that there's a space for both of them because you know there's enough people watching my stuff as there is what well not as as much as watching their stuff, but there's people watching their stuff. There's people watching my stuff, so there's an audience for both those types of games. And I know so that what, what of, sort of what sort of length of um, shows are yours, and what, what's your my, your average battle time? On average, they're, they're coming in about an hour. It really depends right. on the game. Really depends on the game. Um, but yeah, about an hour. Uh, but and that you, is. Do you find that there's a there's a 
there's a cut-off point somewhere. I seem to have this with podcasts that under two hours, which this isn't going to be, <laughs> under, two, under two hours, um, you seem to, certainly on YouTube, seems to get a lot more um, watches than something that even 205 or 214. I don't know if there's a YouTube um, like mechanism behind that shoves longer things to one side yeah possibly i think there is a little bit they 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 do youtube do prefer shorter videos simply because you'll be watching more of them Mm. so from youtube's algorithms they'll push you know much shorter things because you'll watch one and you'll keep watching them so you're you're basically regenerating their rev uh, ad revenue for them Mm. whereas if you sit and just watch something for two hours you're only generating the ad revenue that that one, yeah. you know, that two-hour block will will mm. generate. So yeah, that's why YouTube do it. Mine, a lot of people have told me who do watch my videos. Uh, like I said, mine most most of mine are about uh, an hour. If it's a painting video, I'll usually do it ten to fifteen minutes. Mm. And it just just happens to be that length generally. Um, but the the hour-long ones, an hour plus, uh, a lot of people say they they watch them in inverted commas whilst painting. So. They they have it on in the background, so which is one of the reasons I I try to narrate as much as possible rather than just putting music over the top, mm. uh, because I know that people aren't necessarily looking at the screen, they're listening to the narration mm. uh, with me, you know, while they're doing some painting or hobby time or something. So, and I'd say generally most people's hobby sessions are an hour, two hours long in yeah. most cases. I mean, you know, I'd listen to your both of yours uh, podcasts while I'm painting things and the you know the yeah. perfect length for that kind of thing it's a, a good duration for that session really so are you the same sean you're, you're you obviously consume as well as produce what's um do you find an ideal time length or um did you use different things for different um painting for one thing or how do you go about it yeah it's it's interesting isn't it because um i think that hour long point is is probably a sweet spot for me for youtube videos um because to be honest i watch far more youtube videos than i do of any other television um it's it's my chosen um uh medium that i will consume because there's so much out there now isn't there you know 10 years ago um we were stuck with the history channel or the hitler channel um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Nazis, Nazis, and sharks. That's all Nazis it ever did. It? <laughs> but with YouTube, there's there's so much out there. Not just wargaming content, but you've got histor- historical lectures from Harvard that you can watch, yeah. which might be on a uh, in, an area of interest. But for, I think for the hobby side, about an hour is about as much as I'm willing to put into watching a battle report. And mm. I, I watch the report. I, I'm, I'm not one of these that will have it on in the background because I want to enjoy the visual as well as the audio aspect of it. Um, unless it's a painting one that you do, Alex, and I've, I've been in a couple of your painting chats as well. They're really useful because it's, it's well, all of us, we consume this media, don't we? And it's great just to lose your mind in in something that you're listening to whilst you're painting. It makes the whole process go that much more mm. easily. Um, but I take my hat off to you, Alex, for the videos because um, Little Wars brought out the quick strike concept, didn't they? This 10 minute um, uh, short bat rep thing. Mm-hmm. And I tried it 
a while ago and my god it's hard it's mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. uh, you know from the shaky camera to the awkward you know <laughs> you've got dice roll that's just off out of camera shots <laughs> and suddenly you're looking down at my socks rather than the table couple it, of it, tips for you here sean yeah tripod and a dice tray that's all you need <laughs> that's literally all you need <laughs> I know, I, I, it, yeah i mean as you as you've said already it's a process of learning the 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 art isn't it the art of the mm. production of these things but i i really take your hat my hat off to you mate because um oh, yours geez. are right up there with the very best that are on youtube oh, at the you. moment um and that, that's nice not when it's smoke where the sun doesn't shine but it, <laughs> it's right it is right up there um and some, some would say award-winning well, yeah. all right, Robbie Ten, he won an award either. I haven't lingered on that point for long. I've got, a, I've got a dictionary, shut up. <laughs> exactly. um, but it, it really is, you've nailed, for me, you've nailed it, Alex, with the, the, the stuff that you put out. Oh, cheers, Sean, um, that's good to hear. Well, it, it's, it's there, mate, and the numbers that you're getting, any subscribers and the views that you get, I think, bear that out. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, as I, I said in the intro, you, he's coming up to 6,000, I think, now. Yeah, which, I just which, checked uh, You know, if you were shaking your booty to Kim Kardashian or something like that, it, it wouldn't be a lot. But for pushing toy soldiers around, <laughs> that's that's one hell of a subscription rate. To, to be honest, nobody nobody's more amazed than me, to be perfectly yeah. honest. You know, I was happy when I got 500. Yeah, and it's like you know, everyone. I, I appreciate everybody who subscribes to the channel. They think it's great, you know. Even the people that tell me I'm doing making rules, uh, getting rules wrong, I'm, I appreciate those. <laughs> Just because they make my algorithms pop, if nothing else. But <laughs> well, you're getting all those comments saying, "I think you'll find that this is wrong," and that, that obviously brings more viewers in because you're getting well, lower and smaller comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more I get wrong, the more people want to tell me I'm getting it wrong. There's no, there's no such thing as bad publicity absolutely <laughs> well, i may have, may have uh, butchered that quote but you know what i mean yeah it's, it's somewhere so let's go let's go over to you sean and, and god's own scale it's been going for a while now um and we've had a i think we're on the third reincarnation aren't we um, so, third season third season <laughs> yeah. um so just just go through then how how did god's own scale get get up and running and, and uh, develop i think is the word yeah it's uh, as i've alluded to earlier i'm a i'm a avid consumer of podcasts uh from the very early days of hobby podcasts actually mm. um there was a podcast called the d6 generation uh an american podcast which was really based around a mix of board games and, and fantasy and sci-fi uh tabletop games as well um and their episodes went on for three or four hours. <laughs> that was like a whole week of driving to and from work to listen to one episode. Uh, but the, the three guys on there, uh, Russ, uh, Craig, and, and Rafe, who, who who ran that podcast for something like 10 years, um, they were real trendsetters, I think, in, in the podcasting hobby. Uh, there was another one called 40K Radio. Now, I've never played 40 Well, I played a little bit of 40K but not massively, but just the the fact that there was hobby content I could listen to uh, on my phone or driving to work or whatever, I, I sort of really got into it. And that was back in the very early days. So I'm talking um, 
late uh, so 2007, eight around about there, mm. about the same time Meeples and Miniatures started. Um, so I've always been interested in podcasts and been fascinated by the fact that this is essentially radio for mm. nerds, isn't it? And for hobbyists yeah. and war games <laughs> um, that's, that's speaking to me about stuff that I know yeah. um, and, and I enjoy. So I've, I've thought for I thought for a long time about starting one, but wasn't really sure where to pitch it, to be honest, because some podcasts come and go, don't they? We've over yeah. the years, there's been peaks and troughs, I think in, in the, the content that's out there. Um, but how God's own scale came about was it was fairly, it was a fairly quick evolution, to be honest. I was off from work uh, for a little while, just through ill health, um, kicking my heels. And I've always had an interest in six mil gaming. Um, always spoke to Peter Berry at, at shows up and down the country. Uh, always fascinated by um, his the soapbox that he would get on about. Now, Peter, he, I've got a story about that in a minute. Yeah, he's, he's a real ad, he's a he's a real ad, advocate for the scale. He's six um, mil high. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he's yeah he's a six mil messiah or yes. or, or, or twenty eight mil antichrist. What are the, what are the <laughs> He's a very naughty boy, whichever. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Um, but uh, the the vitriol that he would face occasionally. Um, that was thrown back at him, particularly at shows where people would walk up to his trade stand and, and essentially dismiss uh, his products out of hand without even really taking a close look or investigating any further. I, I just always thought that it was a little bit rude, <laughs> a little bit uh, <laughs> out of order, to be honest. And I always admired his stand to be this lone voice uh, for the scale. And because I've always enjoyed six mil, I'm, you know, I'm a multi-scale gamer, mm. but um, I, I thought perhaps there should, there's a little niche there for somebody to promote the scale a little bit further mm. and be, be another voice to add to Peter's. Mm. And obviously there's more to six mil gaming than Bacchus miniatures, but yeah. he, he's the sort of, he's front and centre as the evangelical preacher talking about <laughs> these things. Um, so uh, the Joy of Six show was coming up in Sheffield. Um well, it must be 2019, I suppose now. Uh, that that was, I think it was in the July um, and early June. I started to think about maybe doing a podcast. Mm. Uh, I'd already had a podcast going for a little while uh, in the sort of sci-fi and fantasy genre, um, but really didn't get any traction with it at all. Um, oh, is that of... like a forgotten album of Sean Clark? Is that like <laughs> it's out there? <laughs> When you you dig back and you find that you know the original Beatles when they were called the Silver Beatles, yeah, and they had a yeah. like, like that. Yeah, it was, it was called. The, <laughs> it's called. The, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So uh, people want to look out this content. It's called the Uncertain Sore Point. I think it's probably right, still out in Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll, well, be there, so it'll be there somewhere. Yeah. But uh, I'll keep him uh, busy. I'll let you look for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but actually, I, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed doing it. And there was a couple of guys local to me that would uh, join in with me. And we interviewed a couple of people uh, within the industry, but just never gained any traction. We're getting yeah. less than 100 downloads uh, yeah. per episode. So interest sort of waned, and I, I thought, you know, this really isn't worth pursuing. But well, why do you think that is, Sean? And 
sorry to interrupt you there because I'm just I'm going back to when I started. I was doing board games, and I felt like I was a very small fish in a very big pond. Do you think it's a similar thing, especially with sci-fi and fantasy? Very, very much so. I think it, because the sci-fi fantasy genre of podcast is so well served, particularly in the mm. games workshop side. I was the Mantic game side actually, um, right. supporting the the company with the smaller voice and fighting against mm. this megalith that is Games Workshop. Because, to cut a very long story short, my hobby history has been divided 50-50 really over the years. There's been peaks and troughs in each one, but uh, I've done as much sci-fi and fantasy gaming as I've historical game. Um, so you're a bit of a heretic then. <laughs> yeah, burn the heretic, as they say. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be signing off now, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I got drawn into this? It's, it's not all about <laughs> goblins and elves. Uh, there's far more to me than that. That's just on a weekend. I, I, I did four, I did forty k once. <laughs> once, once. <laughs> I did I did I did ten figures, and I painted them up as the Tetley bit of Space Marines, <laughs> and and they had they had the Tetley bit of can sign on those big arm things that they yeah. have, and they were all Portland's painted nice. like the can. Paul's like, yeah, and uh, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and they had them special creamers in the bottom that make sure it poured out right and everything. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I took them along to the to the club because there was a couple of guys who were heavily into the forty k. And, and apparently, I wasn't taking it seriously enough. <laughs> so I never, I never did Brilliant. it. I never did you know it again. Jo- joking aside, um, I don't. And we may come in onto this during the the um, the how Yorkshire I am. The next the next five hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but love or hate Games Workshop, you can't deny the impact and the strength that they've, yeah. and the presence they've got within the hobby. But just coming back to that point about traction, I, I think that was the case, that there was such a wealth of mm. content out there already that my little effort talking about Mantic Games and one or two other little bits of sort of geek culture, I suppose, about films and what have you, mm. uh, just just never found an audience. And, you know, that was fine. I enjoyed the, the podcast that we did and the people that I got to speak to. However, coming on to God's Own Scale, um, the thought of... And again, I was... I was hitting another little niche, I suppose, talking about six mil, when there is a little bit of a stigma, not a stigma, but people can tend to look down the noses at six mil. It's too small. You can't paint anything like that. You can't see them when they're Mm -hmm. on the table. There's no detail in these figures, that sort of thing. It was about giving that little voice, I think, to to the scale. And uh, listen, God's own scale is whatever it means to you, not what I'm telling you God's own scale is. And God's own scale has always been a bit tongue in cheek as a, as a God's, God's a, own a county isn't Yorkshire is God's own county. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> we, we draw a line on that one, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Exactly. We'll get yes. into that later. Yeah. We'll get into God's that own later. scale. God's own scale is anything. God's own county. <laughs> county is specific. Yeah. It's fact. <laughs> uh, so it's always been tongue in cheek. And I think I've had one or two comments, um, criticizing that that title for the podcast but uh, on the whole for the amount of people that have downloaded and you know the the regular listeners that i get uh and the the subscribers to the channel it's it's accepted for what it is um but yeah it it was it was really to give up that little bit of a voice and to be honest it's gone way further than i ever anticipated um i did five probably six or seven episodes initially 
a bit like you can. I know you sort of set out with five as your initial goal and see where you went. Um, I think my problem was I burnt out quite quickly after doing those first half dozen seven episodes because I was spending so much time editing and Mm. fussing over little bumps and hiccups in it that I was spending seven or eight hours episoding, uh, sorry, uh, editing one episode, Mm. which was absolutely ridiculous. I've thoroughly enjoyed it talking to the people I did in those early episodes, but uh, I burnt out and there was one or two other things going on in the background as well. So I went away from, I'd sort of pushed it to one side for a little bit for probably about six months. And then I had a conversation with Pear Broden and uh, Peter Berry, who said it'd be great if uh, you came back and did a few more. Um, so I, I did that around about April uh, 2020, probably just around about lockdown, actually first lockdown, um, and knocked out about 28 episodes in, in the next 12 months. <laughs> and Alex was one of the first, yeah. of the, I think he was second or third guest uh, as a return back in, in into the fold. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, you, you mentioned there about going into the third iteration of it or third season. Yeah. Um, I just took the summer off, really, um, mm. because I've knocked out so many episodes in, in over 12 months. Um, I just wanted to take a step back and just see where I wanted to go. Because I love six, I do still love, love six mil. I've got thousands of the buggers mm. around me. However, um, I'd sort of back myself into a little corner with uh, yeah. sticking solely to six mil. Uh, because there's only so many six mil manufacturers out there. Um, there's a couple mm. that didn't want to speak to me, and that's fair enough because not everybody's comfortable <clears throat> in talking in this medium. Uh, Peter Berry is sort of the opposite end of that. He's willing to. I'm going to say you can't shut him up. <laughs> he <can't>... <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot to say. Let's, uh, let's put it like that. Uh, and, and absolutely brilliant because that's great for a podcast host, isn't it? That yeah. you've got somebody who wants to talk. A bit like Pear Broden as well in Henry Hyde. But, you know, they, you go, they'll, you'll they'll, make a cup of tea, come back, still go in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do some toast. Yeah. Get going, get going. Down. <laughs> Have a little nap. Um, so, so there was only so many six mil manufacturers I could I could get to speak mm. to. I think my proudest one was getting Ian K from a regular. Yeah, that was brilliant. Present. That was brilliant. Uh, because it, I don't think he owns a mobile phone. Never mind, understands how <laughs> podcasts work. Uh, so that Did was. He call you on the landline and you start recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, joking aside, he thought that we could prob- we could do that. That if we had a conversation yeah. over the landline, I could record it. Um, but he, he was a fantastic guest. He's somebody who I've uh, I've seen up and down the shows for twenty or thirty years now. Um, and he's got a fascinating background in the hobby because um, all of his own a wagon wheel or a barrel or a goat uh, made by original <laughs> miniatures, don't we? Um, or have owned at some point. So uh, so with the third iteration, I've decided that I am going to just broaden the horizons um, mm. and, and get a wider hobby content in there. Uh, so, yeah, that so... Um, First episode back was with Little Wars, uh, talking about um, I can't remember what I talked about. Little Wars. Gettysburg. Gettysburg. It's all about Gettysburg. Gettysburg. There you go. Sorry, that yeah. A little scary. That was, that was a great, great episode. Actually, I want to say because I I listened to that driving back from uh, Northumberland, uh, the entirety of it. It really it passed the journey really quick. Yeah. I I know nothing about the American Civil War apart from the names of battles, and it, yeah. it was fascinating to listen to everybody talking about it. I'm really glad that you you started up again yeah. doing it. And uh, and I think, you know, you again, I don't want to be blowing smoke up people's arses here, but, 
your podcast, Sean, is one of the ones that I've listened to every single episode of. Ken's, of course, as well. Oh. But uh, <laughs> you know, you've got to say that, mate. Of course, you've got to say. Yeah, that. Yeah, you'll, yeah, be yeah, you'll be listening to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> See what he's done to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just remember, I'm in charge. <laughs> you said what, Alex? You said what? <laughs> that, that was a great chat, actually, though, Alex. I'm, I'm glad you've reminded me it was Gettysburg because uh, yeah. it's like one of my favourite topics, but. Tony uh, uh, suggested that months ago uh, mm. because he's a he's an AC, American Civil War nut, uh, and he just dropped it into conversation that he could talk for hours about Lee at Gettysburg. Mm. So that was sort of a natural place to uh, come back in, really. I think so. Um, and I've got I've got quite a few guests now lined up that have got nothing to do with six mil and are, are from the wider hobby. Uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm not abandoning six mil altogether. Um, it's it's still a, a part of my gaming life, and uh, I think because it's got that USP of uh, being a six mil podcast, then people, a, a portion of my listenership, expect that. However, when I, I floated the idea out there, then it was pretty overwhelming that people didn't mind the fact that I was going to go out as a wider sort of hobby podcast really so uh, well, we'll see the thing where it is, goes let me just jump in there again uh, i'm going to name drop here but henry hyde told me <laughs> he said the people that are listening to you know are watching my youtube or listening to youtube's guys podcasts is they're invested in you that's the thing they're listening for you know they're, they're interested in in what you're putting out. and i know that you know i listen to i listen to the people that i like to listen to you don't you could be talking about anything you know within the wargaming thing uh i i, I as you know sean my you know my six mil gaming is quite small it's really just the, the waterloo campaign but i listen to to everybody else talking about six mil because i'm just interested in listening to what you've got to say about it and you know where you take the conversations as well so they you know, people are invested rather in you rather than the actual scale itself, you know what I mean? And, and there's an irony there, Alex, because one of the first things I always say to any guest that comes on the show, the more you talk and the less I talk, the better. Because <laughs> people, people aren't here to listen to me to talk about the crap that I've got to say. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's yeah, no, so do, listen... you th- do you think there's a the magic ingredient, Sean? Because you did mention it um, about podcasts that come and go and there are quite a lot of them and there are people who start them up and they they might do one or two episodes and and they get quite low viewing figures uh, or listening figures and, and they lose interest um and obviously there's something with god's own scale and, and with storm of steel that people keep coming back for um and, and in numbers as well is, is there anything you, you could put your finger on either of you it, not necessarily with your own podcasts but with 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 other other people's stuff that you go back to I, personally uh I'm, I'm not speaking for alex here i i'm no idea honestly <laughs> you, you can speak honest. for me because i've got no idea as well <laughs> no idea either. <laughs> i think i think the only thing we can do and i'm fairly sure this is the same for Alex as well, and I'm sure he'll, he'll tell us, is that I, I can only produce the things that I would like to listen to. And I'm sure, Alex, you've produced things that you'd like to watch as well. Um, and, and that's genuine. That I, Every single guest that I've had on the podcast over 38 episodes now is somebody who I've been interested in. And there's a there's a there's almost a, 
a selfishness about that in that I want to talk to this people, this person. So uh, the couple of historians I've had on like Nigel Atta and um, uh, Paul from the, uh, the first world war podcast that the name is escaping me. This all happened. Paul Reed. Uh, that really got nothing to Eddie do with that. So it sounds like, so it sounds yeah, like, it sounds like he knows right. what he's going on. <laughs> 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 uh, <clears throat> so, the, you know, that's, that's a little bit about being selfish because that's what I'm interested in. It's got nothing to do with six mil gaming, but because they're so good talking about the subject that they know intimately, um, and uh, you know, Paul's got his own podcast, and Nigel has written two or three books now on the First World War. Then they know the subject inside out. So it's it's really about producing stuff that I'm interested in, it's, it's like the three D printing episodes that I've done, where people have run three D print. I'm interested in what the, I'm, I'll never do three D printing. I'm fairly sure of it. At the end of each episode, I've always said, I think this might be the future for me and I'll, I'll indulge in it. But I can barely tie my shoelaces, mate. Never mind. Uh, work out how to work a 3D printer. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by the technology. Yeah. There's a level of bravery involved in, in, in doing that sort of thing because it's something I, I set out to do as well, was to bring voices on to the podcast who weren't necessarily... Um, I'm not going to mention names now, now but the, I think you referred to them, Sean, as the War Games Glitterati. Uh, <laughs> and the, 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 the stop podcast guests, if you like. Yeah. And they're great to listen to. And I've had Nick Skinner from the Two Fat Lardies mm. on this show. And it was a great fun to talk to him. But I, I, I deliberately spoke to him about his most... Oh, sorry, his least successful set of rules. <laughs> so, so, That's another good episode. Yeah, yeah you kind of risk it. You're really risking good, it, aren't you? Really, with that sort of thing. You are. Um, you are. But I think also, sorry to interrupt. I think there's no, no. a little bit where. So where, whereas I, 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 I say I'm selfish in some of the guests that I get on to talk about because it's mm. what fascinates me. Um, there's also that little bit where I think, well. This set of rules is currently in the limelight within the hobby. People are talking about it uh, and looking forward to its release. So infamy, infamy being probably the best mm. example I can think of off the top of my head. And ri- listen, Richard Clark's been on just about every yeah. podcast going, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, a, a bit like Nick, I suppose. Um, but he's 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 again somebody who's great in front of a microphone because people will listen to what he's got to say about the hobby and and this for me listening to him talking about the rules writing process i always enjoyed the episodes with meeples when he, he was on when he'd yeah. appear on there there were certain guests that um neil and mike would have on that podcast that were i was straight to and i wouldn't waste a second in listening to because i knew that they were going to give me good interesting content mm. so there's a, there's a little bit of a balance i suppose it's not all about just what I want to listen to, but what I think might be of interest because it's a hot topic within the community mm. at that moment in time. Yeah, because I think uh, I, I'm in a similar situation to yourself, and not that I've backed myself into a corner, but with me talking about big games as my like niche, yeah. Um, that then, you know, what am I going to talk to Rich Clark about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he's he is Mister Big Skirmish Game, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, it limits somewhat, and this is why I'm doing things like I'm doing this bruise in the binyard and and the catch up episode that I did. It gives you that opportunity, doesn't it, to just stretch your legs and do that bit something a little bit better, yeah. uh, different, different, yeah. not necessarily better. Um, and I I could see going forward that I would 
not get bored of it, but I would kind of run out of ideas. And if you are broadening out your horizons and what you're, you're looking for in your guests, then um, you're going to live longer, aren't you? And I think that's where I was, <laughs> to be honest, towards the end of what I'm euphemistically calling season two, uh, was that I'd had a couple of guests lined up who both dropped out within a couple of weeks of each other. And then I'm suddenly thinking, I've got nobody... I've got nobody in the bank now ready to go to. Yeah. And, you know, I could have rang Peter up, Peter Berry, yeah. either come on, <laughs> no, or Alex or, you know, any, anybody yeah. that I've already spoken to, they'd have come on. Yeah. But you don't want to keep rehashing the same old thing, do you? There's only so many times I can speak to Peter uh, if he's got nothing that new that's coming out um, about, you know, where Bacchus Miniatures are because – it's all over social media, on the internet, and etc. But I'd be interesting to hear your thoughts, Alex, on on with yourself as to the content. Sorry, I'm stepping. No, it's fine. Question. Absolutely fine. No. <laughs> I, I'd rather I'd rather this was a, a co-host thing than, uh, than uh, me telling you what to do. Yeah, but uh, just I've, I've sort of. Um, put words in your mouth there about producing content that you'd like to watch whether that's yeah that, i mean that's true that's you. definitely true that the difference is i you you both of you have guests on don't you so you yeah. know you're yeah. you're directed by that i because uh, i do battle reports and things i mean i'm i'm like you say really sean i'm i'm just playing games that i want to play yeah it's that simple you know i, I want to play chain of command so i'll film myself playing chain of command you know and but it seems to happen that the other people like watching me play Chain of Command, yeah. you know, <laughs> and and other games as well. Other games are available, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's really it's almost selfishness on my part that I'm just you know I I never put out a poll or anything really. To I think I've done it once where I I couldn't decide which game I wanted to play, but again, it was two choices of two games that I wanted to play. And I just said, you know, which which one which one should I film this weekend? You know, yeah. you'll not see it for six weeks, but, you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to play it anyway. That keeps it authentic, <laughs> though, doesn't it? Because yeah. you're invested in it. You, you've got mm. that interest mm. in it. So if, for example, you're going to play a game that you, you didn't really enjoy, but you thought might be popular for um, hits on your YouTube channel, I'm not sure you'd have the same investment in that video. Yeah, exactly, which is probably one of the reasons I don't play bolt action, even though I know the bolt action would the, the, the views would go through the roof. It's because I'm just not interested in playing bolt action. Or I'm not playing you know, or Flames of War. I'm World War Two gamer primarily. Uh and I'd I'm just not interested in those two systems. I mean if that's what people like, then fine, you know, it's broad enough church for everybody to do what they want. It's just not my bag. Uh same with if I played forty K, I could do games of 40k but it would bore me rigid and i would i would get nothing out of it whereas you know refighting the the in the jungles of malaya is it floats my boat you know i enjoy i enjoy playing against my mates doing that i enjoy <laughs> uh playing it solo so mm. like you say it's you know it's it's that selfishness really i guess coming through that i'm just playing a game that i want to play yeah. and it just so happens that other people want to watch it as well. Yeah. Um, I have, and I've had you on the the the, the channel, the Paint and Chat, Sean, before. And I've had a couple of other people on, like Ivan from Nordic Weasel and uh, Travis from Tabletop. And uh, it's not, I don't know if it's something that I really kind of want to push in the future. It's, it's enjoyable, but I, I don't want my channel to kind of turn into a podcast because there's already people like, 
you know, these two podcasts that I'm talking to that are doing that way better than I can, you know, and all I would be doing is, you know, just filming me chatting to somebody on Skype anyway, you know, it's like uh, those were completely unedited because we just put them out live. Mm. Whereas, you know, I I don't want to go down that route of podcasting because like I said, there's already people doing it and doing it way better than I could do it. And it's just adding things to myself. So whether I do, uh, I've, I have bought a, a new uh, camera and I'm and I've not done it properly yet. But I do mean to play more actual live games. I've done it a couple of times with Bag the Hun and uh, a few other things. So I've got an idea for a square bashing game to play live at some point, but just finding the time to do those things. So it's just like these ideas I've got drifting around that just come out kind of thing, really. And what I've what I've been able to do is really I've I've created a bank of about ooh, about 10, 10, 12 videos that I've just got lined up now that I can just release one a, one at a time uh, for the next you know for if I wanted to just one a week for the next twelve weeks and I've got content that I could just keep pushing out while I'm creating other stuff as well around it. Uh, so I try to do that as well. That's something that I try to do when I'm when I'm thinking about creating stuff. So I'll I'll play a game, but then you know people won't actually see that video for another maybe even two months at this point, you know, further on. And yeah, it just comes down it's selfishness on my part. Literally that's all it is. I want to play a game. I think right, I wanna I wanna play O Group. So yeah, if you don't like it, you know, you can always find something else to watch. I don't care. But like you say, you're not you're not playing bolt action just for the sake of it, just to get those viewers in no definitely not definitely it, not i mean yeah it was something i got of, it's something i got accused of on on what tmp would you believe um chasing <laughs> chasing likes um and I, and I had to point out that my that my last video was um 15 mil modern israeli painting tutorial <laughs> and my last blog post was 1866 italian wars of independence uh, <laughs> and if i'm that really isn't chasing likes yeah, if that's facing yeah, yeah. mate, yeah. you need yeah, to record There's something wrong there, isn't there? I'm sure, I'm sure TMP will come up on a number of occasions. So just before we finish this bit, I need to tell me Pete Berry's story because Sean won't be aware of this, but um, his his podcast was, was one of the, the final things that pushed me to do uh, the Reap Big War Games podcast because I'd, I'd I'd started to listen to podcasts and I was really enjoying them and, I, and um, but you do get these these little comments every now and again about big games and, and I was listening in fact the one you did last week with Mark he said oh he says uh, these these Roman legions that he does twenty four figures uh, and, and a bloke with a, and I'm there going hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> table full of them <laughs> so i said it'd be interesting if you remember this um there was an episode with with, with P- peter and he was talking about how six mil works and etc and how 28 mil doesn't on certain occasions and he mentioned a world war one british um howitzer eight inch howitzer and how it was absolutely ridiculous. Now you'd never get it on the table, and now you'd never play with it. And he'd seen it in a magazine. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. I know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hazard a guess at whose eight inch how it's that was? 
<laughs> is, he, is he present on the call now? Um, <laughs> and uh, it was it was just oh, right, right. And I probably had a couple of whiskeys as well. And I uh, and I just got I went on to I went on to uh, Twitter. Right, I think there should be a big war games podcast. You bastards! <laughs> Send went went to bed thinking. Woke up in the morning completely forgot about it. Opened my Twitter and there's like 172 notifications, <laughs> <laughs> of which there were like 40, 50 people going. Oh, that's a brilliant idea, Kev. Brilliant. I think I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that I'd, I'd had thought about it for some time because it, 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 it a lot of people were saying that at the time, um, and. As you always say, Sean, it's a broad church, and there's there's lots of room for different types of gaming, and people are quite often forced. Is probably a big word, but they're 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 channeled down a certain type of gaming because of their own personal circumstances, and it doesn't make any of them wrong, but you you can have a torch on all of them at different times mm -hmm. and that's what i was trying to do with the show and i'm like eight inch how it's a wall i always remember that i've got i've got to say right, ken, you're right i'm bloody doing it myself <laughs> I, I have to say ken that um joking joking aside uh and obviously i was aware of all that sort of initial in, impetus for yourself to speak out, and you're quite vocal about it in a couple of your early episodes. Me? Vocal? <laughs> but uh, listening to your output over the last, I don't know how long you've been going now, but are you on yes, episode 15, 13, this is, yeah, 14, 15, 15, this is, yeah. Um, it has really opened my eyes and made me reassess yeah. uh, the hobby, because albeit I always talk about broad church and there's room for mm. everybody, I think some uh, occasionally we can sort of silo, silo ourselves into our particular little part of the hobby and, mm -hmm. and sort of push out any thoughts of others. And a, a game that I often talk about, or I did do in the early days of the podcast, was at Warfare, and it's, it must be 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and I walked into Warfare, and the first game on display there was this huge blending game, all front rank figures, all beautifully painted from one end of the table to the other, uh, absolutely wonderful. I think it's one guy who'd done it. I've got a feeling it was Matt Slade yeah. uh, who'd done it. Um, and I, at the, I can remember thinking at the time that, that it, this is beautiful. But I heard mm. the whoever it was, and I think it was Matt, talking to somebody else and saying, this has cost me so many thousands of pounds. Yeah. I can't remember how much it was. Mm. But it was some phenomenal number. Um, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm a newcomer into the hobby and I come in here and I see this and it looks mm. fantastic, but it cost me 10 grand, then however however am I ever going to achieve this? Yeah. Now, I know that you talk about aspirational aspects mm. of the big game and the big mm. figures, and that certainly made me reassess how I felt about that game back then. Um, and I think I've even, I've even spoken to you in messages in the past, mm. Ken, about... Uh, gazing longingly at the Elite Miniatures website and thinking, oh. "Oh, just one thirty-six figure regiment of French in twenty-eight <laughs> That'd be all right, just to start off with. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> but I couldn't possibly. You're going to have to cut that out because I've got a yeah. reputation to uphold. Oh. <laughs> well, 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 Pete's been on the show, so I might be able to get you a bit of a discount. If you... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, you've. Uh, the fact that you've come onto the scene with this podcast 
has filled that niche, I think, talking yeah. about the big game. And and it isn't necessarily about the scale of the figures, is it? I know that. No, you talked no. before about it. But that grandeur that you see of these huge... There was a club in Birmingham, and I can't remember the name of them, but they were put on Grand Manor games. At, so, Sods, the Shelley Oaken District Wall yeah. Games. So th- they would always have. I, I have a number of. I, I have a number of them on speed dial. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> games were just magnificent. These Napoleonic yeah. games with twenty-four or thirty-two figure cavalry regiments. Yeah, you know, at the club back then, we were using eight-figure cavalry regiments <laughs> and sixteen-figure infantry regiments. Yeah, um, probably because of economics, but you know, the cost of the things, but. They were magnificent, and there's no doubt in it. I, you know, I would never say that they do not work amazing. And, and one I, of the one, sorry, Alex, one of the ironic things is, I'm sorry about it. One of the ironic things, and this is playing devil's advocate against six mil, yeah. is that um, the sort of standard base size within six mil is this sixty by thirty base uh, that Peter did. and there's twenty four figures on there representing <clears> a regiment or a brigade. And yet, in twenty-eight mil or twenty-five mil or whatever scale you call it, you've got regiments of thirty-six figures or forty-eight figure Austrian units and thirty-two or, or, figure or pipe blocks or well, ninety-six figure pipe blocks. <laughs> so you know the argument sort of falls down a little bit there, where, where we talk about twelve men taking a flag for a walk or whatever the quote yeah. was. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say the the I was going to really just agree with you on the the aspirational thing of the mm. of seeing those big games at at shows it's one of the things that i i remember because i you know i don't have the room to to play those massive games and i love the massive napoleonic 28 mil games but mm. it's something that i would i would never be able to even comprehend starting you know uh but they just look fantastic yeah. and it's something i always look forward to i i prefer looking at the games when i go to a show than i do the shopping sometimes mm. just because you, you know you're going to see these spectacles and i think yeah. that's a you know that's a good thing about the big game is that it's it is still alive and kicking it, you know in certain places mm. uh, and a lot of the wargaming is these days is, is skirmish largely because of people's uh, cost and small space that they've got mm. to do it in which is understandable especially you know when you're playing club games you've only got two and a half hours or so of a Thursday night or whatever to play a game in. You want to get it finished, don't you? You don't yeah. want, you know, some epic thing. But uh, just to see those games fills me with delight. You know, it's why I became a war gamer, I suppose, in the first place. Because, yeah. like you said, uh, you know, you, you walk in and you're just blown away by the, the sheer scale of these things when they're done properly and they're done right. I think, uh, I, think there was, I think there was an element of, um, although it... it, it Commercially, the skirmish game has been king for a long, long time. I think there was mm. an element of COVID involved as well with people not being able to meet. Because I've certainly noticed in the last couple of months on Facebook and all everywhere that I'm on social media that there is a lot more bigger games now. Um, mm. And there are little silos of people, like the six guys who come here, uh, who war game in a like a little closed group if you like um and there's these sheds and garages and uh, <laughs> little cellars throughout the country that have middle-aged or older people um gaming huge games in them and and suddenly they've all literally come out of the woodwork um <laughs> yeah. and i'm sure we're we, we all going to partisan are we on sunday yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. There. So we'll we'll uh, we'll probably see some big games there. I would I would hope and I should and I, should hope so. Yeah. I, well, I would suggest. 
I mean, Partizan's a, a good case in point, isn't it? I've been going to that show for God knows how many years, from the Callum Hall days up to where yeah. it is now. And and without a doubt, it's probably the highlight of the wargaming calendar for those apart, big games. Apart from Fiasco, obviously. Well, apart from the, the, the show that yeah. is Fiasco, the world's yeah, leading <laughs> exponent of uh, wargame shows. At the, what, is it held, still at the Royal Armouries? Held in the internationally acclaimed Heritage Museum, holding yeah, one yeah. of the world's greatest military collections. And I'm told there's a world-class uh, demo on display, isn't there, of uh, Italian Wars figures? Um, I certainly hope so, although right? yeah. um, Her Majesty may um, possibly put a Fly in the ornament of that. We'll, we'll see. Um, because I, I, I have been trying to go to Partizan for over 20 years now, and I've failed on every single occasion <laughs> because I, I've had my shifts change or I've been working. And on one particular occasion that I remember really well, I was somewhere um, on the A1 coming down towards Newark. And the phone went, and I had to turn around and go back to work. And that was the closest. That is the closest (laughs) I've ever got. Well, I have a, I have a certain phone. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a drug dealer or or a or a or a serial um, uh, person who has affairs. I have a a phone, and then there's one other phone that I have, and if that goes off. It's not good news. And I'm not Game over. <laughs> well, you're, you're in Literally. for a, you're in for a treat, Ken, because it is one of the hot. I mean, there's two shows there, uh, the one in May and the one now in October. Um, yeah. the, I know the Perrys have got a huge uh, Paraguayan war game going on. I think it is. Uh, and there's the certain staples. Them, la- them lads can come up with some weird shit, can't they? They, <laughs> they, they can, uh, but do you know what? They've, they've got a huge resource to pull on, haven't they? I mean, they make their own figures, for God's sake. So yeah. cost doesn't they really can, come in. They can do what they want, can't they? Just imagine them sat there in the living room. What are you making? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. You'll, you'll, de- you'll never guess. <laughs> try, try to obscure each other. Yeah. Yes. We've yeah. been playing this game of guess what figure I'm making for 40 years. <laughs> and, and, and the Paraguayan War of 1879 is all the way That's the only one carriers. It'll be a good day. It'll be a good day. Yeah, yeah it, is, it's always, it is always a good show, isn't it, Partizan? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Sorry to rub it in, Ken, but it is it is a great show. If I get there, if I get there, you'll you will see my first ever visit to parties, and I'll look. I'll probably get through the door, and it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I might well, turn it off. If I get through. Also, the door. obviously, it's the first big show post. Well, not post pandemic, but you know, uh, in yeah. the pandemic world. Mm, so yeah. uh, I think I think is it's that, going to be really yeah. interesting. It's I think first, it was also it's the first wasn't mid-sized the last show before Fiasco is how I would call it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it always a, it was also the last one as well, wasn't it before lockdown if I remember? Uh, was it Partisan or was it the other Partisan? It was it was the was uh, it? it was the other one that's held at the same venue. Uh, that's Hammerhead. right. Yeah. yeah. Hammerhead. That yeah. was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was literally the weekend, wasn't that's it before right. lockdown or something yeah. that one. So I noticed something on your Twitter, Alex, of, of uh, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, but Terrain Tober, is that right? Terrain Tober, terrain you got Tober. it right. Is hashtag it, hashtag, hashtag Terrain Tober. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is something that uh, Wise Wolf uh, paints and myself came up with. John, I think he's called. Mm. He's appeared on my channel a couple of times. Um, he he suggested doing something about uh, MDF September. Or MDF Tember. 
That's got a ring to it, that. It has got a ring to it. Uh, And he said, uh, and he suggested that I, I, uh, we, we do a, a kind of like a painting challenge. Uh, Stephen, the uh, old war gamer, who I think you've. You've yeah, had on Ken, yeah, I have, yeah, uh, in the past. Steve from uh, from Australia. He uh, he does the he does relatively regular painting challenges. He did the Brunswick one. He's currently in the middle of the Bavaria. He, he just uh, thinks Bavarian, about obscure so. German nations, and, and that's it. Yeah, and they, suddenly everyone's painting them all of a yeah. sudden. It's like, when when he buy, when? I, I reckon he thinks of an obscure German nation, and then he buys all the stock. From one, <laughs> from Perry's of all the Brunswickers, and then he like holds it. Again. Do you want to buy these? So, starts feeding it out, slowly drip feeding it to everybody else. <laughs> Inflated prices as well. <laughs> That's how he makes his money. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he he suggested uh, John suggested just doing doing something like that, like a bit of a challenge, Twitter challenge. Mm. Unfortunately, I was uh, well. Fortunately for me, but unfortunately for the challenge, I was away for most of September. Yeah, you had your lovely holiday, didn't you? I certainly did. It was it was very very nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'll not I'll not make you jealous. I'll not go on about it. But no. Rome was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, better than better than two weeks in Barnsley, surely not. Well, it was it was close to having having a week in, in Ravenscar, but uh, <laughs> yeah, do they have chippies? They don't have chippies in Rome, do they? I, I they was don't, there. They no, don't. I was. Very upset about that. I went in this restaurant and asked for mushy peas, chips, and, and cards, and it was just a blank face. Yeah. Come up with this pasta stuff that no tea either. But yeah, so I thought, well, because I'm, I'm going to be tired of working things anyway in September, I'm not going to get a chance to do anything. So uh, we were kind of thinking about it, and Richard Naylor jumped in with the suggestion of hashtag. Terrain Toba and run it through October. So basically, yeah, we just decided to to do a uh, an October terrain challenge. The idea is, if uh, anyone wants to get involved, be on Twitter. Just use the hashtag Terrain Toba, which is obviously just terrain then Toba at the end of it. Um, Much better than MDF September that is. Uh, but what, I'm, what was going to happen is at the end of it on October the thirty first, that's a cutoff point, uh, and everybody who's posted something online, I'm going to turn it into a video, uh, and then just publish that up on uh, Storm of Steel. So uh, we'll get a big video of everybody's uh, photos, and I'll obviously credit everybody as well, you know, Twitter handles and things. Um, uh, one thing I have asked is if people can put, also put the hashtag video as well. So Terrain Toba and video as hashtags, just so I can actually sort out what it is people want to show on there. Because there might be some work in progress that people aren't interested in showing. But uh, Joe, the Wargamer, has already jumped on it. He started oh, in he's, September. He's, won then, he? he's won. He certainly has. <laughs> There's no prize, Ken. We're all, we're all no prize. No. There's no prize. That's yeah, the taking part that counts. Joe's the won, part. <laughs> but yeah, Joe's won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see. I see the stuff that he does, and I just get a little hang oh, out. And I, I've given up with terrain. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a number of things that I'm shite at in this hobby. Terrain is one of them. Uh, skirmish gaming is another one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, the, the other one will come up later on. So, <laughs> but, but yeah. But yeah, every time he every time he he posts a picture on on Facebook or it's on Twitter, sorry, half of my terrain goes in the bin. He he's he's, he's He's incredible, and the the stuff he can do is just brilliant. Mm. I don't know if you've seen his his latest one, the canals 
uh, with yes, the lock and everything like, on it. Lovely. Unbelievable. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. It'd just be a pleasure to to game on mm. those tables, even if he's skirmishing. Ken, I'm sure even you could be. I'm sure. I'm sure could, we could we could somehow come up with a like a, a storm of steel, God's own scale Yorkshire game, a Joe the Wall game, a display game, where he does all the trade. Yeah. You just, do all the figures. I'll do all the figures. And you two just turn up and look good. You can film it. Uh, and Sean can talk about it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I was thinking the We've six mil it. figures could be just at the back of the table and it'd be like a full yeah. 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 Fantastic. I like, Perfect. I like that. Love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alex, you've got a setup at home, haven't you? That's the, Is that the one that you film on? Yeah, yeah, it's just up in the loft, um, and I've I've just got space to put up a six by four table, and that's basically where I film. Unfortunately, it's up uh, because it's in the loft. There's just a loft window, mm. so when it's a very bright day, you yeah. just get <laughs> sun blanching Big everything square. else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I pray for for cloudy days. Basically, yeah. uh, I should really just put a a covering over the window, but I just haven't got around to it yet. I've been doing it for what. <laughs> Two years now, and I still haven't got around to doing it. So yeah, you, you, might, you might have six and a half thousand if you had a, you know, a yeah, that window. Good point. Good point. This weekend, <laughs> I'm going to get a, a cover for that window. Oh, oh, you could do it. You could do it like the like Batman. You could have like a storm of steel cutout, put it on the window, and it just has like, like storm it. of steel on a table. I like it. Have. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 all about subliminal advertising, isn't it? At the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have a storm of steel dice tray, which I put prominently uh, in every shot. I make sure you can see that, so you know who, exactly oh, who you're watching. I'm very jealous like of that, that dice tray. Like yeah. uh, have you got dice tray envy, Sean? I have. I've got a wet palette that's uh, has gone. Oh, <laughs> oh, got oh, you've, you've done it. You've done, you've it. done it. I've gone. I've gone. <laughs> yeah, we had the, the eight-inch out to set me off, and now the wet palette's finished me. <laughs> We went an hour and 20 minutes before yet oh, somebody yeah. mentioned it. Well, contrast paints don't, aren't very good in a wet palette, though. But, no, you know. we're not. We'll, we'll, de- we'll definitely cover that when we come to the quiz, I'm sure. Can't wait. <laughs> Have you got a set at home, Sean? Or? Yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, I've got what I, I uh, lamely call the office. Uh, I had to get bought... Oh, I probably can't get it now. Uh, a sign saying the command bunker. Oh, uh, nice. it's just one of the bedrooms. Uh, been living in a, a modern house that, like we have over this side of the Pennines. Um, the, uh, <laughs> oh, with gas and with gas and electric. It's got running wow. water and everything. Uh, it's got a yeah. roof. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, you'll be you'll be wishing you didn't have gas now with the prices going well, on. <laughs> tell me about it. Um, yeah, just so burn, re- burn a few burn a few rats on the fire and <laughs> the the agreement was when we bought this house, oh gosh, ten years ago now, that uh, if I keep everything in this one room, then I'm allowed to have this one room. Uh, for all my hobby, um, that I haven't quite kept to that. <laughs> Slowly creeping out. Yeah, there's one, yeah. One, one or two other corners of the house and the loft and the. I mean, wargaming uh, products make great insulation for the loft, don't they? That's what yeah. I safely say. And then the garage as well has, has got a bit in. But yeah, you know, I've got. A, I'm I'm very pleased with the setup I've got. I, you know, happy with my six by four and. 
my painting station and and, and do you have a do you have a regular club that you go to Sean or uh yes uh, Stoke War Games club uh, or group sorry Stoke War Games group it's uh, one of the older clubs in the country been going for 50 years this year now mm-hmm. um uh, we've got our own permanent premises uh that we use uh we've recently moved we were in danger of closing actually because we couldn't find anywhere that matched the mm-hmm. same rent that we were playing on paying on the old place but uh, yeah, we've we've got a place. It's actually a, an old Nissan hut um, oh. that's used <laughs> by a military vehicle interest society uh, once a thir- uh, one Thursday every month. Uh, but we get it for the rest of the the rest of the time. They're not. It's not. They're not related Perfect. to ISIS or anything like that. <laughs> not, not that sort of military vehicle interest. <laughs> yeah, the, the recent downfall of Afghanistan has uh, seen a, a, great, a, great, a great, yeah, great uplift in the number of vehicles. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to tell you this, but them big black flags you've been using for your space games. Uh, I wondered, you know, I did wonder. <laughs> no, we're, we're very, we're very lucky. Not as lucky as you, Ken. I don't think with the setup that you've got, but. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the the club uh, are very proud of the premises we've got. We're rebuilding post COVID um, because we've got our own premises and, and we pay rent on it and utilities. Um, we, we need a certain level of membership to keep it viable uh, because there are costs that are there regardless of how many people turn up on a club night. Uh, so we're just about keeping an even keel at the moment um, post COVID. Uh, we've lost one or two members. Not 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 they haven't passed on or anything they're still alive but uh they've just not returned back to the fold as yet but hopefully come christmas and into the new year then uh we'll be viable again and yeah long long mate live yeah we're, we're very lucky at leeds war games club with the sort of the, the place that we've ended up yeah. with which is an old cinema that's ours 24 7 um and it's made it it's not really started to make a huge difference to gaming as yet because people are kind of like you say getting used to it coming back out of covid and starting again but we had um the northern round of the ancient doubles there a couple of weeks ago which is not my cup of tea at all but um it was great to see it full of gamers yeah um all playing ancient games and um it was it was great to see um so are you a club man alex or yeah, I I wasn't for a long time, and I actually I only joined the club that I now go to uh, literally the week before lockdown. <laughs> so I, I went to it, and then they'll then be the cursing you. Was like, great. <laughs> yeah. well, Alex is back for the global pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went the next week. The doors were all locked up. So what's going on? <laughs> I didn't play that badly last week, did I? Every, everyone I did behind the door. Shh, Alex is here. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the, uh, the Sheffield and Rotherham War Games Club. Uh, they're based just up in Sheffield, about 20 minutes away from me. And I was actually invited by uh, Tim, who runs the Napoleonic War Game and YouTube channel. Uh, he just he obviously realised I lived in Rotherham and just asked if if I fancied popping along and we had a game of blue shit together and yeah I've just been going since then really. Is uh, that the club that used to do triples or is that a different one? No, that's Sheffield War Game Society. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They they are actually at the same premises now, Ooh. but they go on the Wednesday night and then uh, the club I go to goes. So they're there tonight. Uh, tomorrow I'll be down there 
for the first time since uh, for a couple of weeks because obviously I've been away uh, in Rome, chaps. I was in Rome. Yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned you've it. You've not quite mentioned that, mate. You've no, not yeah, mentioned yeah. Rome. I was in Vienna as well. <laughs> as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> means nothing to yeah. me. Hey! <laughs> oh, somebody had to say it. Yeah, uh, these, these are these are all places that Bradford City will never go. <laughs> <laughs> Torquay, Barrow, <laughs> Scunthorpe, Grimsby. But yeah, so I, 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 for some reason, I just, uh, I've always played war games just with my mates. I've just always had a, you know, a couple of mates that I've played war games with rather than uh, going to a club or anything. I used to go to the York War Games Club when I was a student twenty years ago, but that's that's a long time ago now, and I, I don't even think I can remember any of the people that were there, because I was only there for a few, well, you know, maybe a year or so. It's been such a long time, so, yeah. I give a shout-out to the old Triple Show. It was uh, one oh, of my favourite yeah. shows back in the day. We'd have it was a the car first show full, I ever went to. Yeah, we'd have a car yeah. full travelling over from Stoke uh, mm. both days. We'd drive over both days for it. It was at the Octagon at the... Uh, yeah, it right. was. Yeah. It was well, a like fantastic a maze, show. It? Yeah. Yeah, got many fun and you, you could go that. there. You could go there for both days, and then mm-hmm. at four o'clock on the Sunday, you'd open a door looking for a toilet, <laughs> yeah. and there'd it's be a, a trader room. in there. Go, a trader there. Go, I'm not seeing anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those places you could get lost in, isn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Not like these modern venues that are all glass and and light and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah some of these time old... lots of nooks and crannies, wouldn't they, all yeah, over the place? Yeah, that was that was the first show I ever went to. I think oh, I, I must have been about thirteen or fourteen. And I saw the advert in uh, miniature war games. Spent some money uh, at that show over the years. Oh yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I, yeah, it just kind of died a death when it went to the. Um, the modern sports hall place, didn't all, it? Yeah, it, yeah shame, it just didn't really. have the same feel at all, did yeah. it? Really, I went to went to all of them until the last one, and yeah, it just didn't feel at all the same. It just felt each room just felt really kind of disparate, I suppose. And yeah, I don't know. There was just there didn't seem to be a connection across the place. I don't think. I, th- I, think, there was, the I think there was a bit of a clash in the calendar, wasn't there? Where it ended up, it, it moved uh, when it went to the sports hall. It moved and ran up against Partizan or. One of the other big shows was the following week or the week week before. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just thought it was a, a bit of a disaster, to be honest. Yeah, I think we'd we'd commented on it because we'd been to one of the shows either that week, the week before, or and it's like, well, we've just seen the same games here, and yeah. you know, why would I go two days when yeah. one is sufficient? Yeah. I've already spent my money. The previous <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the week before. Yeah. Yeah. And from a, from, a, from a big game point of view, and it's something I've talked about a couple of times, um, it, the death of those two days shows were also a little bit of a responsible for the not the death of the big game but the reduction of the big game yeah because if you're taking 30 foot of terrain a couple of three thousand figures uh you're not wanting to be setting it up for 10 o'clock and then taking it down at half three um that those two days really gave you a chance to stretch your legs with a with a larger game, so that's kind of kind of a shame, kind of a shame. Um, so, so we'll move on to one of the regular features, which is the Venn diagram of wargaming. Um, and I think <laughs> I think you mentioned this on your last podcast, didn't you, Sean? I, I may have done. I may have butchered I, I, it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. that clever. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the official version of the Van <laughs> So, except no substitutes. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I kind of think um, that that how this fits together for different people uh, really 
uh, illustrates the type of gaming and what they do. Um, because I would quite happily paint and collect and not necessarily game, whereas other people, the gaming is everything um, and painting is a, a necessary chore to get to the end goal of painting and uh, horses for courses at the end of the day. But I always like to kind of get how people fit into that. So it's wargamer, painter, collector, historian. How do they kind of fit together for you, uh, Alex? Do you want to go first? Mm. Well, I've, I've obviously I listen to your podcast a lot, and I've thought about this question myself for quite a lot. Like, where do I fit in? And to be honest, I think I fit in with all three of them. I really enjoy painting. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the games because I just enjoy playing the games. I don't care if I win or lose. It's nothing mm. about that. It's about playing the game. Uh, the journey is more important than the arrival in most cases. Especially and... when you live in Bradford. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, and also uh, I'm I'm you know I've got a master's degree in history, so kind of history is my thing, and you know I'm an archaeologist, so I'm I'm steeped in history as well. You know it, I like I've, I've, I I wargame the Second World War and the First World War because I'm interested in the histories of them mm. and the Napoleonic Wars. You know I'm they're, they're the things that I'm most interested in historically as well so i'll be reading a book on those things as as well as painting and as well as gaming and, and how, so does the, how does the how does the how does the collector side fit in then are you uh mm. are you a whole you know i i if i if i lift the computer up now you can see behind <laughs> me massive cabinets yes, and then I can. the table's there well, and I'm then a... that is held up by really useful boxes all full of figures so <laughs> uh, uh, well i'm like i said earlier actually in the introduction i'm i'm very um uh, tight on what i do from a wargaming point of view i've got you know the the periods that i like and i stick to those mm. but i've got large collections of all of them really yeah. uh, the napoleon one is napoleonic one is it's kind of growing at the moment I've got the six mil collection, but I'm now doing fifteen mil stuff for sharp practice, uh, and it's only it's probably a hundred or so figures at this point. You know, mm. I know we're in your, you're probably not even that doesn't even register in, in, in Ken's <laughs> hundred figures. Well, that's not, so what, you, you've got what a company. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I still I kill I keep adding to my Second World War collection. But the way I do it is I don't actually – I don't buy specific units. I just buy whatever I'm interested in at the time. Uh, and then I kind of fit it around units because I play a lot of chain of command. But uh, I also make sure that they're based for things like IAB Shop Mom and for O Group as well. It's just so I can – I have I – don't, I don't stop when I've got, you know, the the, the requisite number. I'll, I'll paint everything I've got. So uh, collecting is probably the lowest – out yeah. of all of them, I would say. Because uh, yeah, that's, it's that's a long way yeah, of saying, it's yeah, some, that's it's that's something with, with with me. Um, I don't know. Where, I don't know. I might be a bit simple or something like that. But when I when I lay all my troops out of the, t- I do a thing called troops on parade on on the YouTube and on the blog, uh, and I get more satisfaction putting them all out and filming them and photog- taking photographs of them than I probably would do gaming with them. I don't know. So it's an interesting one. Um, Sean, what about yourself then? Um, do you want me to go through them again as you got no. them wrong on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. 
Burn! <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, it's a good job I like you. It's a good job I like you. <laughs> no, a, a bit like a bit like Alex, because I've listened to you so much. These questions are burned in my memory, yeah. other than the whatever the yeah, categories of this right on Venn it. diagram. Yeah. Um, four, thi- four things, ladies four. and gentlemen. Four. <laughs> um, I've got to say, I, I, I have pondered this. Uh, I mean, I've done zero prep for this chats tonight <laughs> other than think never where guess. i sit <laughs> yeah, gonna, can't tell yeah exactly <laughs> other, other than where i sit on this uh, venn diagram because it, it is an interesting one i think i fluctuate probably uh between um between gaming and the history side i think i probably sit right at the center in fairness and i know that's a boring answer but the gaming is equally as important to me as the painting, as the collect. Collecting probably less so, so I'm probably just edging away from the collecting side of it uh, because I, I don't get particularly attached to collections. And over the years, over the year, I've sold thousands of figures um, and then reinvested and bought them all again <laughs> a couple <laughs> of years later because <laughs> I, I generally regret it as soon as the money lands in the PayPal account or, or wherever it is. I, I've got friends who've, who've never sold a single figure and, you know, they've got Yeah, I'm, I'm like that. Other than the Tetley Bit of Space Marines that are out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I sold a... a it was ultra modern in those days. Ultra modern British six mil challenge. Nineteen eighty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was I was doing a bit of military stuff myself at that time, and and the, the thought of lying in a wet trench waiting for the Soviets to come over the hill and gaming it just didn't seem to, <laughs> to fit, fit in really. So they disappeared. But of course, it, that's now that's now the, one of the periods, isn't it? Again, yeah, it's yeah, it's coming yeah. back in. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's historical oh. now, isn't it? You know? Yeah, <laughs> it is. really. Yeah, thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm probably very close to the middle, just edging away from collecting. Um, I mean, I've got a vast collection. Uh, I would say over the last twenty years, the the vast majority of my actual gaming has been with Peter Pig games. I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm good friends with Martin uh, and the guys down in Weymouth. Um, and any time he's developed a new set of rules, I've tended to fall into that period. And they're the very Marmite. I appreciate not everybody enjoys the sort of grid aspects, certainly of his later rule sets, but I, I love them. You know, it, mm. it's what floats my boat. Uh, some of the odd periods that, uh, well, uh, Mexican Revolution, you know, it's, it's not one of the most popular periods going, but it, it's that. You see, if the if the Perrys are listening, if one of them's listening now, they're going to go Mexican Revolution. We're writing it down on the back of the hand. It was sculpted off. Right, what, what we're doing? What we're doing? <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's sort of dominated my painting schedule for the last few weeks. Um, the the history, it's you know. T- uh, Civil wars are generally my main thing, um, whether it's American Civil War, English Civil War, War of Independence, technically a civil war. Um, wh- whatever it is, I, I, I'm drawn to civil war. Spanish Civil War, which I know you're interested in yourself, Ken, um, is one of my favourite periods. Um, and the Mexican Revolution, essentially a civil war. 
10 years long. Um, lots of famous characters in it, like Pancho Villa and mm. uh, the other guy who I can't remember now. Not <laughs> <laughs> really famous one. Yeah, Pancho Villa. Oh, my God. I, I can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, he, he's really fascinating character. Um so, uh, but they all die at the end. I don't want to spoil the ending, but they all die oh, at the end. bloody hell! I know, I know. Um, but it, I've just been gripped by that um, uh, AK forty seven, which is a rule set that Peter Pig produced in the mid nineties. Is on that the was second... re- that was really popular, wasn't it? I remember it, a lot of people yeah. playing that. Yeah, it was. It's on the second edition. I'm running a game day for that on Saturday uh, at. Uh, Battlefield Hobbies in Daventry, day four parties, and so I've got a busy weekend coming up. Um, but yeah, the paint, I, I love painting like Alex. I, I love sitting in this room listening to yourself or listening to Alex or, or whatever, I'm, something on YouTube and losing myself just for a couple. That's that's what it is, I think. There's a, a modern life stressful, isn't it? Work stressful, life, you know, keeping a roof over your head stressful. So coming up into this room for a couple of hours where I can switch off from whatever's going on during the day or whatever's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, Sitting up here and just painting a few figures or just messing about, painting a building or a bit of scenery or whatever it is. I I love that aspect of it. Uh, The collecting, yeah, less so, because I don't feel particularly emotionally attached to the figures that I buy. Um, I think recently, certainly with the American Civil War stuff that I painted, in six mil for to play ultra freedom with you know i absolutely love those i'll never get rid of them i've got thousands and thousands of figures from um peter pig from uh wars of the roses samurai uh colonial stuff first and second world war vietnam ak-47 you know you name it i've got it from peter pig but uh yeah just edging away from collecting is a a, a long answer to a short question (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I I actually after forty odd years of gaming, nearly gave me age away then. Um, I bought my <laughs> I bought my first stuff from Peter Pig last week. Wow, was it modern? It's a uh, Centurion, Israeli Centurion. Centurion. Tank. Mm, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, first first In piece and, and, well. and some figures because they they stuff that I'm buying at the moment doesn't quite go reach far enough back. Doesn't have the the shots I think they were called. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm. Um, that they were called. Um well thanks very much for that guys on the Venn diagram of Wargaming. And um I think I think it was before we started recording that um Sean said something that uh, Henry Hyde had clap or something, I think he said. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's there on Sunday, Ken, so make sure you release this on, on Monday, won't you? Yeah, he, he, uh, he's already said that, that, he's already described Yorkshire as the bleak Yorkshire Moor, so <laughs> see you, see you, Southerner. Um, but <laughs> no, it was something about clapping. You... That's right. Oh, right, at the end of a section, you've got to clap. Not, yeah. not, Henry, not Henry's got clap, but at the end of the section, you have to clap right. <laughs> got to be louder than that. Oh, this there is going you go. well. That's it. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that in. So there you have it. There's our first uh, episode of this episode. And... Uh, that was the first section and the, the, the three normal sections that follow the big battle chat, which were partly covered in that 
part uh, part one we did there the quiz which you've got to listen to because that was very funny this time round um and then we did a little problem page at the end where we did we discuss lots of questions that had come in um i hope you enjoyed that there's some jokes in there and i suppose i better explain the joke at the end there about uh, henry hyde uh, just to avoid any confusion uh, while we were chatting before we started recording um uh, alex and um and Sean were talking about when they were interviewed by Henry Hyde. And one of the, the tips that Henry gave to Sean was um, when there was a break in the recording or you wanted to know a particular thing, um, Henry would clap out loud um, and that would then give an audio note in the uh, recording that he could then refer back to. And... Um, make any edits or drop some music in or, or whatever certainly no offense meant on my part and uh, i tried to make these things as funny and as entertaining as possible um and that was just a little joke so there's plenty more in the second half of this uh, interview uh, stroke uh, round table discussion and that will be coming out in a couple of weeks time um it's uh, made things nice and easy for me because i've got two episodes out of one recording um, so this uh, the next part of this will be uh, released on the 22nd of October obviously pending any um, court writs or uh, um, shut up and keep quiet notices that arrive in the post from the Crown Court uh, between now and then thanks very much for listening once again I, I hope you've enjoyed this it's been something different um, but uh, fun for me certainly all the same so I'll see you in a fortnight so they...